My name is Warren Brosey, one of the ministers here at Berlin Christian Church, where our mission is to make more and better followers of Jesus Christ. Today we conclude our series on Judges, a journey of leadership. We're going to look at the story of Samson. I want to do that in a different way today by letting Samson tell his story from his own perspective. But I want to invite you to your Bibles, just briefly, I want to read the last two verses of uh, of toward the end of his life. It's going to be Judges chapter 16, verses 21 and 22. So I want to read those. It takes place toward the end of Samson's life. I want to say a prayer, and then we'll let Samson tell his story. Judges chapter 16, 21 and 22. Then the Philistines seized Samson, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray that we would see you more clearly today. Pray that as we live among people who do what's right in their own eyes, that our eyes would be focused on you. Jesus, help us to see the story of Samson in a fresh and clear way. Help us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. been some time since they gouged out my eyes, put me in these chains, shaved my head, grinding their grain. My story could be titled, One of Limitless Potential That Was Wasted. Potential, it was for, before I was even born, an angel appeared to my mom. She was out in the field, and an angel shows up, and he says to my mom, Wife of Manoah, you who are barren and have no children, you are going to have a son, and he will be a Nazarite from birth. And here's what I need you to do. You shall touch nothing unclean, no dead bodies, don't drink any wine or fermented drink, because the son that is going to be born to you will be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb, and no razor shall ever cut his hair. My mom ran to my dad and told him the good news, we're going to get to have a baby, and my dad, he prayed to God, Lord, send that man to us again and teach us how we are to raise this son. God heard their prayer. In fact, that man showed back up again when mom was out in the field. She ran ran in and grabbed my dad and they came and, and my dad said, are you the one who appeared to my wife? 
And he said, I am. He said, well, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to train him? How are we supposed to lead him? He said, well, do everything I told your wife. She is the one who, uh, she, I told her, you know, don't drink anything from the fruit of the vine, no fermented drinks, eat the clean food that's set apart for us, don't cut his hair, touch no dead bodies. My dad said to the angel, what's your name so that when this comes true, we can honor you? He said, my name is too deep for your comprehension. You'll never understand it. My dad said, well, would you just stay here so that we, we can fix you a meal? He said, I'm not going to eat your food, but bring an offering to God. And so my dad brought a goat and some grain and put it on this rock. And then the, the fire flew up to heaven and the angel ascended into heaven. Mom and dad were scared at that point. They thought, we had just seen God and we're going to die. But mom said, would he have accepted our offering if he planned to kill us? And sure enough, nine months later, those who thought they'd never hold a baby of their own held me. Mom named me Shimshon. It means little son. There were our neighbors, the Canaanites, they had gods to the sun. Shimshon, little son, or you might know it better as Samson. Well, my potential continued to grow. God's mercy and kindness was all upon me as I grew up and became strong. And in fact, God's spirit on occasions would just rush on me. I would just feel this power. In some ways, I looked like just an ordinary guy. I had a little bit longer hair, but the Spirit would just rush on me and I could do some pretty powerful things. In fact, one time, we were on our way to Timnah. What's in Timnah? Not what. Who? I saw her. She was beautiful. I went home the next day. Mom, Dad, I saw a woman in Timnah. Get her for me as my wife. Mom and Dad said, isn't there someone among our people that shares our values, our faith in God that you could pick from? Must you go to one of these outsiders who doesn't share our faith? I said, get her for me. You see, what I see, what I saw, I got. And so one day on the way to Timnah, mom and dad are a little bit down the road from me. I saw this lion. It jumped right out at me. God's spirit came upon me and I ripped that lion apart. On another occasion, just a little bit time later, passed by that same way, there was that lion. And I figured there'd be like flies and maggots over that dead carcass. But instead, there was a community of bees, and there was a big glob of honey. And in the back of my mind, I remembered, you're not supposed to touch dead things, but that honey looked so good. And I thought to myself, you know what? Rules are meant to be broken. So I scooped that honey up, Tasted it, it tasted so good. I even took it down to mom and dad and said, here's some honey I found. I didn't tell them about the lion. 
And we're there in Timnah, and it was our tradition to have a, like an engagement feast. It was a seven-day party. Wine would be flowing. And there were Philistines there, those despicable, dreadful, awful Philistines that had oppressed our people for years. Thirty of those Philistines showed up at our party. And I thought to myself, I'm going to have a little fun with you boys. I'm a little bit of a gambling man. I said, let's just make a little friendly wager. I'm going to give you a riddle. And if you can solve my riddle, I'll give each of you a new set of clothes. But if you cannot solve my riddle, then you owe me new clothes. They're like, you're on. Here's my riddle. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the, out of the strong, something sweet. For three days, they had no answer to my riddle. They couldn't come up with anything. Then on day four, she started to turn on the tears. My wife-to-be, she says, you don't love me. You haven't even told me the answer to your riddle. You're making me look bad in front of all of my people. I told her, I haven't even told my mom and dad the riddle answer. Why would I tell you? Day after day, she cried and whined and nagged. Day four, day five, day six, more tears, more crying. Every time I looked, I saw her. She started bawling her eyes out. Finally, midday of the seventh day, I said, here's the answer. Just shut up. It was about sundown. I was getting ready to go pick out my new clothes. And guess what happened? Those men came up to me and said, What is stronger than a lion and sweeter than honey? Oh, that got me. If you had not been plowing with my heifer, you wouldn't have found out the answer to my question. God's Spirit came upon me. I was going to settle my debt. I went out and I killed 30 Philistines, grabbed their clothes, and paid off my wager. Those Philistines. Later, during the wheat harvest, I went down to Timnath to visit my bride. I went to her father's house. I was going to go into her room to visit her. Dad wouldn't let me in. She said, hey, he said, I didn't think you liked her. I thought you hated her, so I gave her away to your best man. But here's her younger sister. She's more attractive anyway. The gall of the guy. Disrespected, shamed, gave my wife away to someone else. Now I have a right to get even with you Philistines. And I went out and I grabbed 300 foxes. I captured them all, tied them tail to tail. I put a torch in between their tails and I set them loose through their wheat harvest that was getting ready to be brought in. Torched all their grain, all their olive groves and vineyards gone. When they found out it was me who torched all their crops, they burned my wife and her dad. Now I am justified in my revenge against you Philistines. I'm going to do to you what you have done to me. 
I went on down to the hill country of Judah, down in the rock of Etam, and among my people. The Philistines followed me there, and they had a little confrontation with the men of Judah. 3,000 men of Judah. And they, the, the, Jude, the people of Judah said to the Philistines, Why are you here? Why have you come to fight against us? They're like, We're not here to fight you. We just want Shimshon. Just hand over Samson. My countrymen came to me and they said, hey, Philistines are here, they want you. I said, they're no problem for me. Just promise me, men of Judah, that you will not kill me. You have our word. I trusted my countrymen. I said, just bind me up with some new ropes, hand me over to them, I'll take care of the rest. They put me with some ropes. They hand me over to the Philistines. God's Spirit comes upon me in strength. And I, the bindings just blew, fell off of my hands like it was next to a flame. And I found a donkey jawbone. And I remembered, don't touch dead things. But it was a weapon of opportunity. I picked it up and I started swinging. And blood started to flow. Bodies started to pile up. At the end of the day, I was able to say, with the donkey's jawbone, I made donkeys out of them. With the donkey's jawbone, I killed a thousand men. Tell you what, after killing a thousand guys, you get a little thirsty. And there was no water to be found. God, did you give me this great victory? And now you're going to let me die of thirst among these uncircumcised? God opened up a place in the rock and water flowed. My thirst was quenched. My strength revived. And I was able to go on in that strength from God. I went on down to Gaza. Gaza's right on the sea coast, right on the Mediterranean Sea. It's beautiful there. It's one of those capital cities of Philistia, the Philistines. And I saw her. I don't know how you call her in your culture, but we made a transaction and I spent the night. Well, not the whole night. I left at midnight. You see, there in Gaza, the people of Philistines, they, the Philistines found out I was there. They surrounded the house. They said, at first light, we're going to capture Samson. Well, about midnight, I got up, go to the city gate. It's locked like normal. I pick up that gate. I grab the post, and I march that gate up to the hill across from Hebron and put it down 40 miles away. Later on, I went down to the valley of Sorek, the valley of grapes, and I saw her. Oh, Delilah. Her name means the night. And I thought it was kind of cool. Little sun meets the night. I thought we were a perfect couple. And we spent more and more time together and spent more and more nights together. And after a while, she's like, Samson, if you really love me, won't you tell me the secret of your strength? How can you be tied up? 
I can play her game. It's no problem. I've killed thousands of Philistines. What's this woman going to do to me? I said, here's the trick, Delilah. If, you t- if, anyone, if anyone ties me up with fresh bowstrings, I'll become as weak as any other man. And sure enough, one night I wake up and there's all these bowstrings tied to me. She says, Shimshon, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. They had hidden there in the closet in the house. Well, I stand up, I snap those bowstrings, no problem. Philistines go running. Samson, you've made a fool of me. Tell me really, tell me the truth. How can you be bound? Well, it's not the bowstrings. It's really just new rope. Just, just some new ropes. You tie me up with new ropes, I'll be as weak as any other man. If, any, if anyone were to tie me up with those new ropes, that's, that's how it would be. And sure enough, new ropes. Shimshon, Shimshon, the Samson, Samson, the, the Philistines are upon you. I wake up, I snap those new ropes. Philistines go running. No problem. Samson. You've lied to me. You're making me a fool. Tell me the secret of your strength. How can you be bound? Well, if you, Delilah, take my seven braids of hair and weave them into the fabric of a loom and tighten it with the pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. And that night as I was asleep, she wove my hair into the fabric of the loom, put it in a pin. Shimshon, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. I pop up, pull the pin, they go running. No problem. And then, just like my wife in Timnah, the waterworks start flowing. You hate me. You don't love me. How can you say you love me? You won't tell me the truth. Day after day, the tears and the whining and the nagging, she wore me down to where I just wanted to die. I told her, I said, did it take you this long to figure out my long hair? No razor has ever touched my head. If my head were shaved... I'd be as weak as any other man. And that night, as I lay down on my true love's lap, she called for someone to shave my head. Shimshon, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. I got up, I was getting... I couldn't do anything. I didn't even feel anything. The powerful feelings I had before when God would empower, it was gone. And they grabbed me and they put chains on me and they gouged out my eyes. But I could still hear. And I could hear those Philistine rulers talking to Delilah. We knew you'd see this through, Delilah. And as I was leaving, I could hear the coins drop into her hand. She had sold me out, betrayed me for silver. And now I'm here in this Philistine prison, 
And I can hear something happening tonight. There's a buzz in the air. There's a crowd coming. It sounds like they're making some kind of sacrifice to their God, Dagon. Shimshon. Shimshon. Bring out Shimshon. Have him put on a show. Is it not enough for them to gouge out my eyes and take my hair, put me in chains? Now they want to make sport of me? I'll play their game. Just put me up here where I can feel the pillars. That should work. I can steady myself here. There's got to be at least two or 3,000 people up there. Place is packed. God, sovereign God, remember me. Can you give me strength just, just one more time? Let me get revenge on these Philistines for taking my eyes. Let me die with the Philistines! <laughs> Scripture tells us that Samson killed more people in his death than in his life. If you want to summarize Samson in a sentence, it'd be our vision sets our direction. Whatever Samson wanted, he got. Samson's story tells the story of the people of their day. The last verse in the book of Judges, in those days Israel had no king and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. In some ways, Samson's story tells our story. We live in a world where people do what's right in their own eyes. You look at Samson's story and you can see some vague images of Jesus. Both had angels show up and talk to their parents before they were born. Both of them were used by God. Both had God's spirit empower them to do some mighty things. Both were called saviors in a way. Scripture tells us in Judges that Samson would begin to deliver God's people from the Philistines. What Samson began, Jesus finished. Both Jesus and Samson were betrayed by friends, put in chains, thrown in prison. But the comparisons fade pretty quickly after that. You see, Samson was a mess. He was a womanizer, disrespected his parents, disrespected his vows to God as a Nazarite, killed a lot of people. Jesus honored women, honored his parents, kept his vows. The scripture tells us that Jesus was tempted just like we are, but did not sin. 
Samson points to a bigger, greater, perfect Savior in Jesus. And yet, in the New Testament, you go to Hebrews chapter 11, and there's this list of faithful people. And the writer spends a lot more time on Abraham and Moses, but he does list Samson there. In Hebrews chapter 11, 32. And what shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson. He's listed there. Just a passing reference. And then you turn the page to Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and most people think it's those people he just mentioned in chapter 11. Maybe Samson's in that group as well. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. Throw off everything that hinders and let us run with perseverance a race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Our vision sets our direction. I kind of was thinking of that little kid's song, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. So we can live life on our own terms like Samson did, but even God in his grace was able to do some things through him. Or we can live life with our eyes set on our perfect Savior, Jesus Christ. This week, where are you going to set your eyes? Are you going to put your eyes on self or on our perfect Savior, Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for this message today from your holy word. Pray that you would guide us, guide our vision as followers of Jesus, guide our vision as a church to make more and better followers of you. Lord, I pray that you would empower us through your Holy Spirit, that you would lead and direct us in your good way. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank you for worshiping with us today. I want to uh, remind you of a couple things. One, uh, next week, Fall Fest. So those cards you receive, there's probably some more as you leave. If you want to share those out, pass them on. We would love for you to have opportunity to visit, invite friends, family members. It's really, you know, this is an outreach event, so we want to connect with people that don't have a church home. So think about maybe there's some people that you're like, I'd love for them to get to know Jesus. The Fall Fest would be a good opportunity. We're going to have inflatables and fun stuff, weather permitting. Uh, so please take advantage of that. Uh, second, also want to remind you uh, that if you're interested in going to Mexico on a mission trip next summer, there's going to be a meeting uh, in the Fellowship Hall 
today at noon. We've invited some friends from a sister church, so we want to give them time to get here. So at noon in the Fellowship Hall, if you want to go to Mexico next August, uh, just by coming to the meeting doesn't mean you've got to go. Just come get some information. Uh, we'd love, love for that as well. Uh, I want to again read those verses from Hebrews chapter 12, and then we will uh, sing and be dismissed. If God's stirring your heart, and you want someone to talk with you, pray with you, find out what your next steps to follow Jesus is, questions about baptism, I'll be there by the prayer wall as you leave today on the way out.